You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. This is East Carolina All-American Brian Packard, and we're talking Pirate Baseball and the Sports Objective. You're listening to Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on Facebook Live and our YouTube channel as we talk East Carolina baseball. As we look back at the previous week and take a look at what's ahead. Now, let's talk Pirate Baseball. Welcome in to Extra Innings, a very special edition here under the lights on Monday night. I'm Dave Richmond, along with my good friend Bubba, the stats guy, Rosenbaum. How are you, sir? Doing well, Dave. Um, I guess, what, 20 hours or so from now, as we're live here at 10 o'clock on a Monday night, the the Pirates will be in uh, my neck of the woods, seven miles down the road at Atrium Health Ballpark to take on Queens, a first-year Division I program out of the Atlantic Sun. Excited to have the Pirates uh, in my backyard, and uh, it's kind of weird to be able to go to a game that's uh, only 10 minutes away. Yeah, I can't say that. I'm 40 minutes away from the ballpark, so I enjoy that luxury. I know you said, man, if I were like you, I'd be at everything. And so um, anyway, I want to remind everybody that uh, Extra Innings is brought to you by, presented by Next Level Training Center nextleveltc.com. Give them a call, 252-756-NEXT. And so excited to have them part of the program. And also pgxgloves.com. Want to give them a shout out. I've got to get those gloves. Remind me this week, Bubba, I got to get my stuff for, for the kids. Alex starts baseball tomorrow night. We got a baseball and all-stars basketball practices back-to-back. It's that week every year that uh, things kind of overlap, you know? So it's going to be a little crazy, but go to pgxgloves.com and you get 25% off all products. If you just put the promo code ECU, uh, do that. And Mark Minikazi, man, he's got some cool stuff. I looked at it after the show the other night, Bubba, and I'm fired up. I love uh, what Kaz does at pgxgloves.com. A lot of cool stuff. Yeah, Kaz is a great dude. I appreciate his sponsorship of the program um look forward to having him back on soon to talk about uh, uh, what he will be doing this year uh, he'll be managing once again in the independent or in an independent baseball league um, same right. league uh, different team uh, third team in as many years was with the west virginia power then he is with the uh, kentucky health genomes there in lexington kentucky and uh, now uh, I want to say we'll be up in the Maryland, uh, in, the, in that general region. I'm trying to remember uh, which town, but uh, we'll have him back on the show to talk about that. But um, moving on, uh, getting down to business with the Pirates. Um, oh, yeah. A mix, mixed bag for the Pirates this week. Um, midweek game, uh, not a whole lot to be excited about. Um, nine to nothing shutout loss at Duke just the second time in 24 meetings that the Pirates had lost to the Blue Devils. And um, really one of, one of the few bright spots in that game was the start of Zach Root. Zach allowed just one hit in three shutout innings. Uh, he did he, – he threw, I want to say, right around 55 pitches, um, did ha- – 
Um, like Coach Godwin said after the game, even though he did not allow a run and just surrendered one hit, uh, wasn't as sharp as they would have liked for him to be, but uh, found a way to get it done in in spite of uh, not having his best stuff. Uh, and the Pirates were no hit in that game up until, what, about the sixth or seventh inning yeah. and, and then finished with just three hits. And all, all of those, uh, while well, I take that back, uh, one was for extra bases. Um, Cam Murphy, uh, UNC Wilmington transfer, uh, you know, who also had spent time at Brunswick Community College. Uh, so Murph, he had a double late in the game, but other than that, uh, it was uh, tough pretty, night. a pretty dark night. And uh, Coach Godwin said that, that was uh, a pretty miserable ride home from the D BAP. As you would have expected, uh, on, on Friday, the Pirates came out against a, what I think will probably prove to be a pretty solid Indiana club. And they jumped on them from the, from the first pitch and uh, took down the Hoosiers 17-4, to got another excellent start from Trey Savage. Oh, yeah. And, and how about the lineup change? And we, we had speculated and we, we well, thought no, uh, we might see Luke Nowak. Uh, moved into that leadoff role, and J.C. moved into the three-hole sooner rather than later, and that was the case. And uh, it, it paid off in a big way in that game. Um, I think each of those uh, gentlemen had had three hits in their new roles, and uh, mm-hmm. obviously uh, we'll see how it goes over the long haul. But uh, you know, Luke Nowak did exactly what he had been doing and what I thought he would do in that leadoff spot. Yeah. And one of the things I was thinking about Bubba this weekend is when I found that out is the teams are, I know this is stating the obvious, but teams are finding themselves who they are. Their identity is something you always hear about. And, you know, coach talked about it. He said that JC just didn't feel very comfortable being the leadoff batter and that's okay. And so what they did was uh, they moved him to the three spot. And I think the three hole, I think that's good um, because you get, Nilwak on, Starling on, um, Jenkins Coward on, and 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 then you have Wilcox and at uh, the cleanup spot, right? You do, and um, talking about Justin Wilcoxon, um, it was nice to see him after that unbelievable opening weekend where he went ten for fourteen. And he'd had some struggles over the last couple weeks, um, but uh, he had a solid Keith LeClaire Classic, and we'll talk more about that. But uh, in in that game against Indiana, as I mentioned, the Pirates were 17-4 to victors. Um, I certainly expected us to bounce back, um, but I didn't necessarily expect us to win the way we did because Indiana, although they came in with a um, 500 record at 4-4, four and four, they had been very competitive in their season opening series down at Auburn and also against Texas. Um, They were two and four in those series. But uh, I want to say that uh, all but one of those games had been competitive. Uh, They'd given the Longhorns as well as the Tigers everything they had wanted. And then some, um, the the Pirates in that game against the Hoosiers, uh, they scored in six out of the eight innings and put up crooked numbers uh, in the second fourth, fifth, and eighth innings, including those five spots in the fifth and eighth. Eighth, um, But uh, 
like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, just really jumped on him from the first pitch and uh, and seized control of the game and uh, three to nothing after two and then six to one after four and really had it on cruise control for for uh, pretty much that entire game. <clears throat> yeah, and I thought uh, when the three opponents, when I saw that schedule, you know, the lineup and we had a chance to interview, you did a great job lining those up, the interviews with the coaches and all. But I, I felt like <clears throat> an SID with Indiana, the game that I was worried about the most was the Long Beach State game. We'll talk about that next. But the Indiana game and the Georgetown game, I wasn't too concerned. I mean, I know that it could the Georgetown game, as we'll talk about yesterday, was closer at times uh, there until they blew um, to the eighth inning. Um, but as far as but as far as uh, the Indiana game, I I was really pleased. I thought that the Pirates did exactly what you would expect them to do. I don't think Indiana's a bad program, but you're playing at home. You're playing in the Keith LeClaire Classic. Um, nice job, by the way. I want to give a shout out for not only the unis, but this year the hats with 23 on it. Um, really like that a lot. And um, just a great weekend overall. Great to have the LeClaire's here. Um I know one of my best friends, he got his master's degree at ECU. And he said this, by the way, Bubba, he said that um, on Facebook, he said that Clark LeClaire is the best college out, um, atmosphere in baseball. And I, it's hard to, it's hard to argue with that because you go to other places and I know we'll, we'll be talking and previewing a little bit later on Tuesday night, tomorrow night's game there um, at Atrium Ballpark. But uh, for the Cannonballers there, Canapolis, but it's a nice minor league park. But as far as college baseball is concerned, man, Clark Clear is awesome. Yeah, unbelievable atmosphere, as we all know. But uh, so, some numbers from this game. Um, you know, 16 hits for East Carolina, and you had Luke Nowak, three for three, also had two walks, so you – Reach base all five of his plate appearances. Um, you had Jacob Starling, two for four, with six RBI. Um, you had uh, JC and JC um, in the uh, in the three hole, three for six, three RBI. Justin Wilcox and one for three with three runs batted in. Um, just you look up and down the lineup. I think we had in that game at least four if not five guys with multi-hit games and we had you had uh, i think something like eight extra base hits including mm-hmm. including three home runs so uh yeah he, he had the bombs by starling jc and also uh wilcoxon and that home run by jc you can see that on our youtube channel thanks to the ecu jungle twitter account um, appreciate Jared Plummer uh, for the footage he provides and uh, allowing us to use that both on our live shows and on our YouTube channel. But um, JC home run was off the top of the school board. Yeah, it, that was a <laughs> when I say a shot. I know you call them jungle jacks, right? I mean that thing was uh, yeah <laughs> the jungle. That was a jump. If there is a definition of a jungle jack, uh, I was talking about that yet uh, Saturday. Then that would be. To me, that one right there. Yeah, mammoth home run by JC. Um, otherwise, in that game, um, 
you had the uh, the start now mentioned by Trey Savage. Uh, Trey, another solid outing. Um, he's able to get the win this time. Glad to see that. Right. One run, it was earned on four hits, 11 strikeouts, three walks, uh, 111 pitches. And I want to say through about, I don't know, three and a third, three and two thirds, he had uh, right around maybe just shy of 50 pitches. But in those final two and a third or two two and a fraction, um, his pitch count really, really uh, – Got up there, and so with that being the case, uh, only able to go six innings. But uh, still, all in all, even though he wasn't as sharp, but with his command in those last two-plus innings, um, very solid start for, for Trey Savage. Uh, you had Merrick Beaker come in uh, for a third of an inning. Willie Lumpkin, Eric Ritchie, and Jordan Little all pitched in relief uh, for the Pirates in the uh, Keith LeClaire opener, 17-4. to victors over the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, moving on to Saturday, the Pirates, a much-anticipated matchup, uh, intersectional matchup the first time in program history. The Pirates and Dirtbags of Long Beach State have squared off, and East Carolina uh, fell 3-2 to two to, to Long Beach. Uh, Long Beach came in. Uh, they had won a series against Wichita State, and they actually have a series coming up this week a weekend a three-game set out in Long Beach, if I'm not mistaken, against the USF Bulls. But uh, Long Beach uh, jumped on the Pirates early. Uh, Carter Spivey, not his best stuff. First start since opening weekend. He had the relief performance against uh, the Tar Heels where he escaped the first and second no-out jam. But um, Coach Godwin said you know, after the game as well as since, uh, in some interviews with the media, just that uh, you know, Carter gave us a chance to win despite not having his best stuff. Unfortunately, um, we were not able to, to do enough offensively. The, the, the pitching was there, but the, the bats and the defense was not. Um, the Pirates committed three errors, very uncharacteristic in that game, and uh, just five hits as well. And so uh, – Unfortunately, uh, despite uh, a solid pitching performance uh, of Carter Spivey, and, but particularly Tyler Brott and Zach Root out of the bullpen, Zach Root, yeah. uh, tremendous uh, coming back off that midweek performance against Duke where he allowed just one hit and three shutout innings. Once again, three shutout innings, did not surrender a hit this time, four strikeouts and a walk on 50 pitches for the talented uh, freshman sophomore excuse me, freshman Southpaw for the Pirates. No question. I love that kid. I think uh, that you beat me to it. It's hard to believe he's a freshman. I mean, he comes out there and the command he has, uh, he's in such control. And uh, I, I love watching him uh, pitch. I tell the guys that all the time. Not that he's the only guy on our staff, but just uh, it's cool to see how Godwin and Jeff Palumbo, Austin Knight, all those guys, are working really hard the recruiting job they do they're just reloading every single year and just and that's a perfect example of a kid who have uh, what bub at least a couple more years and um i suspect he'll be playing uh in major in the major leagues uh after his junior year that's just my gut feeling that we'll see 
about that. But certainly, um, you know, one of the things, Bubba, with uh, two and two this week, with uh, I was thinking about this, we're seven and three overall. I'll say this before. I know you want to move on to um, last night's game against Georgetown, but I'll say this real quickly. The fact that we lost to Campbell, that could have gone either way. Uh, you lose to Duke. Uh, that Duke team, uh, law have averages. Eventually, we had won so many games. Eventually, they're going to win one. And I think Coach Pollard also has done a nice job of, um, I think it's a combination of we didn't play our best and Duke was much better as a team this year. And then uh, looking at Long Beach State, I, I think they're another team that, you know, it's a situation where in baseball anything can happen. And I think all three of the teams that we've lost to are going to be in a regional or at least have a good shot, don't you think? I mean, anything that can happen between now and June for sure. Yeah, uh, quality quality of field for the Keeper Claire Classic, uh, like like we thought. And, uh, and going back to the, to the game against Long Beach before we move on to the Sunday game okay. against Wardtown, in that game, uh, in the late innings against Long Beach, Pirates had, had a couple of opportunities yep. where they had had the leadoff man on, and you know, um, you know, you had a had a situation where uh, I want to say it was what in the eighth inning where you where you had uh, you had Kim Clunch get the leadoff walk, yeah, and then Riley Johnson pinch ran, and then that was the Slash and run, uh, the failed slash and run, where you know, Coach Godwin, um, you know, based on everything he had seen uh, from Long Beach and what the numbers told him up to that point, uh, just uh, ended up being a bad pitch uh, for the, the play that we had on with the slash and run uh, because it was a pitch that was up in the zone and Lane Hoover yeah. did everything that he could to try to uh, to protect Riley Johnson, but uh, yeah. Riley Johnson. It was kind of an odd play, if I recall correctly, yeah. there at second base because he, he went in standing up and he caught the shortstop from Long Beach off guard and he, he nearly snuck in. Uh, and uh, Mike Mullis on the ESPN Plus broadcast um, noticed and pointed out the same. And then in the, uh, I guess, Pirates went quietly in the bottom of the ninth, but in that bottom of the seventh, uh, the Pirates had had the leadoff single uh infield single by luke Nowak, new no walk excuse me uh and then um yeah he also had a uh a one out single by jenkins cowart for that for that one out excuse me the two out single by jenkins cowart but that came right after uh jacob starling it was a sh- strike him out throw him out situation and no walk very uh Surprisingly, got caught stealing. Excellent throw by the uh, dirtbag catcher. So, uh, Pirates had some opportunities late, but just unable to execute. And uh, hats off to the Long Beach State on doing what right. they ne- needed to do to uh, and uh, came into a hostile environment. A little over 4,700 in attendance, and crowd got into it there late when the Pirates were attempting to uh, rally from that three to nothing deficit. Uh, and just unable to do so. Yeah, you tip your hat to Long Beach State, and you move on to Sunday and Sunday afternoon. Of course, uh, you have Georgetown, and um, I 
I thought that we were going to score more runs early on, but I was wrong. Um, but it ended up being exactly the pretty much the outcome I thought of the game. It just didn't come as fast as I want. But this team, Bubba, I know you're going to talk stats, but you're being the stats guy. But I, I felt like the outcome would be like 12 to 2, and it was 11 to 2. So it was off by one run. Um, but the Pirates get a victory. And I know that ultimately this team, what's great is you just have a feeling they're going to have that huge inning that they need to really get the team going. And that's what they did. Yeah. And to be quite honest with you, I really was not all that shocked that that was a competitive game going into the middle and late innings Mm -hmm. Uh, being three to nothing going into the top of the eighth uh, because uh, Georgetown, it was a late announcement, but they opted to go with their, uh, their very talented, uh, left-handed pitcher, um, Jake Bloss, uh, I believe he's out of Greensboro, uh, but uh, he's someone, I think he'd been the Big East Pitcher of the Week after the way he performed down in Wilmington in a spot start. Uh, and not surprising that uh, Coach Edwin Thompson, the head coach of the Georgetown Hoyas, opted to uh, to go to the Bloss. Um, but Pirates were able to uh, to do enough, and then uh, as we see, so much of the time just exploded on the Hoyas bullpen, and not only uh, started knocking the cover off the ball, but uh, you know, using the short game and uh, forcing some uh, mistakes, and, you know, making Georgetown make some plays um, that they were uh, or giving the op- giving them the opportunity to have to make some routine plays or and those sorts of things. And they were unable to do so, you know, threw the ball around a little bit. And uh, like Coach O mentioned on the radio broadcast, um, you know, came unraveled there in the bottom of the eighth inning. But uh, you know, hats, off, hats off to the Pirates after the, the Hoyas had sliced the deficit from three to one in the top of the eighth, responding, putting up that snowman. And then you had the uh, big grand slam. Looked like it might be a warning track fly out, but the wind was blowing out in right field. And Josh Moreland, a five-hit weekend for Josh. And he was certainly one of our candidates for our PGXGloves.com Player of the Week, uh, which we'll name here shortly. But um, right now, let's take a look at that footage uh, for our viewers here on Facebook and YouTube Live of Josh Moreland's Grand Slam against Georgetown on Sunday. Oh, nope. I stayed in. Yeah! You know, I told you, Bubba, preseason that I felt like that Moylan was an X factor, if not the X factor for the team. And man, he is, uh, and coach talked about it. 
he's been seeing stuff, but really this weekend he really came out. Yeah, five hits in the Keith LeClaire Classic for Josh Moyland. He hit for the series cycle. Um, obviously got the home run there, the grand slam against Georgetown. But a uh, heck of a weekend for Josh, and it was great to see him you know, ha- have that type of success uh, because if we're going to accomplish what we want to accomplish this year, then uh, he, he's going to need to be a key cog. And uh, you know, it's not, nice to see after you know, the Pirates were ahead just three to two, um, respond in such a big way there in the bottom of the eighth. And then uh, before the weekend, you had Jacob Starling. Uh, and then in addition to Jacob and uh, Josh Moreland, you also had J- J.C., uh, as our other candidate, uh, J.C., had a heck of a weekend. I want to say something like five hits, uh, three for six with three RBI against Indiana. But uh, our PGXGloves.com player of the week, once again, is Jacob Starling, five out of 14, a home run, a double, four walks. So he reached base in nine out of his 18 plate appearances and had – as you see there on our on the screen, nine runs batted in. So just an absolutely huge week once again for Jacob Starling. And uh, hats off to him. And uh, we have a couple of those big hits, um, his home run as well as his double. And uh, let's take a look at that home run from Jacob Starling right now. Out of here. Oh, oh, that's over his head if it's not. And then here you have a a double. Um, This was in that same game against Indiana. Um, Jacob nearly uh, went deep for a second time. This one bouncing on the the warning track or uh, short hopping, excuse me, uh, hitting the base of the wall. Get in there, baby! Woo! Yes, sir! Woo! Hell yeah! Yes, sir, baby! That video and the excellent commentary compliments of ECU Jungle and Jared Plummer. Uh, that that was funny right there. Is uh, Luke? No- <laughs> I'm trying to remember who the runner was in front of Nowak, but uh, Luke Nowak was bearing down on. Uh, on his teammates and uh, slid in just after him. It looked like that. Uh, remember that scene from, from major league. Oh I yeah. Or, I think I say major league. It, it, I'm uh, second guessing myself. Now, if it wasn't major league, I think it was actually a rookie of the year. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm a <clears throat> sports movie guy. Um, in fact, uh, Alex loves that movie. I'll have to watch that with him very soon especially now the baseball season he loves that and of course a classic like the sandlot you know 
Um, those are two of his favorite baseball movies. So, in fact, I don't think he's ever seen Field of Dreams, but that's another one I want to show him uh, here pretty soon. But, uh, by the way, want to mention, too, uh, let's uh, look at some comments here. Um, Pirates are 12th in D1 baseball. I know, Bubba, you put that stat up uh, for this week for where they're ranked, just in case people, some people don't care, but I do. 16th in Baseball America, 19th in Collegiate Baseball, and 21st in Perfect Game. So um, kind of a hodgepodge of uh, 12th to 21st, but the most important thing is uh, we're ranked and that we've got a great program. And I know that uh, Johnny Robertson had some comments, some stats. Uh, we will get to him. And then we have another question you had. I know we'll do JR first. It seemed that all three teams threw their Friday starter against the Pirates. Long Beach State used three lefties in a row over the first seven innings. I think that may be a future trend. I hadn't thought about that. You're you're exactly right. And JR said, Justin with Wilcoxon tribute stat last season the pirate opponents were 19 of 21 and stolen base attempts this season they are only four of seven they're not even trying to test him and of course he's talking about um 10 games we're basically at 10 games now at seven and three and that was from 10 games last year versus 10 games this year so uh, jr johnny you're the best i uh, appreciate that very much because that's very true will coxon is really Stepped up and Bubba, another bright spot, a kid who who's been at the program. And, you know, we always talk about these players that maybe not get in their way or their playing time, or whatever. And I know coaches talk about it. he's working his butt off and here he is with his great opportunity and he's taking advantage of it. Yeah, it's great to see J-Dub having the season he's having. I know you'd like to have been, <clears throat> excuse me, a little more consistent at the plate, but uh, I think like Coach Gottman said, he was just um, pressing a bit, um, and you know, and, you know, maybe just trying, trying a bit too hard. Um, right. Over, over the last several games, um, prior to the Keith Leclerc Classic, but uh, it's nice to see him uh, swinging the bat well um, and doing uh, what we've seen so frequently from him in the past, but. Uh, Dave, actually, before we move on and uh, talk about what lies ahead this week for the Pirates with the five-game week. You read my mind. The game, the game against Queens and Kannapolis at the Kannapolis Cannonballers Stadium, Atrium Health Ballpark, then a trip to Elon on Wednesday, and then uh, a three-game series at Clark LeClaire against the very talented Liberty Flames this weekend. Uh, before we discuss that, uh, let's go to the post-game comments from – after Sunday's 11-2 win over the Georgetown Hoyas, and here's um, those remarks from East Carolina's ninth-year head coach, Cliff Goblin. Yeah, it's always good to win, and that's the thing this team's done. And we've lost this year. We've bounced back and played well. Georgetown's a good team. Uh, their starting pitcher been throwing the ball 95, 96 miles an hour with some good off-speed stuff. Our guys battled. Um, we were able to get three runs, but you guys know three runs isn't enough for college baseball wins. And um, our guys battled. I thought Rose was outstanding. Shinkman was outstanding. Uh, Brock didn't have his best stuff, but Willie took us up. And then the offense put together a really, really nice inning. Uh, a lot of tough at bats. Uh, Mullen got a big swing off, but even Riley Johnson off the bench having a big hit. 
how nice is it to see this collection of starting pitching just put together a weekend like it did this weekend? Yeah, it's, it's good. You know, Groves has always had really good stuff, and that's probably one of his longest outings of his career. I don't know how many strikeouts he had, but he had really good stuff today. Could you tell early on that it was extra sharp maybe or just something was different off him today? Um, not early. I thought as he got going a little bit, like he had really good stuff. Um, I thought it took him a little bit to just be really sharp, but um, he did a really good job today. Obviously, his push count is pretty high, but it's because he was striking guys out deep in counts. How do you think that can make the Pittsburgh conference grow when they're still making great pitches after they put that in six, seven pitches about? Yeah, I think some of their hitters made him work, and he was able to execute some pitches. But you're right, when you're getting deep in counts and striking out guys, that gets that pitch count up there. Coach, finishing the weekend with a win, coming off against today's loss, how big is that one? No, it's huge. It's just huge. You know, we always talk about winning weekends, and, uh, you know, we've won every weekend through three weekend series, so uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, he's really seen the ball good for about two weeks and hadn't had a lot to show for it. I mean, he crushed the ball yesterday where if the win was like it was late in the game, it was probably off the wall in the center field wall, which makes the game different. So he's been seeing the ball well. He's been working hard. So really happy for him that he was able to get a swing off of the bases loaded. You know, Willie, you know, got out of the jam. Maybe people are overlooking because of the eight run eight. But that was a, a big spot, a pretty tense moment. Yeah, it's a huge spot, and uh, you know, I, I think we're a little bit thin in the bullpen right now. We talk about three weekend uh, games, and uh, he's been really good. Brock's been really good. Like I said, Shinman did a really good job, and. Um, Ruth was awesome last night. So um, we're still figuring out roles and how to, you know, get guys in certain situations. As a coach, you're always trying to put them in the best situation for them to be successful so they can run off the field and have confidence. Going off that, we didn't see Garrett this weekend. Just a chance to get him to get um, Yeah, he's been working on some stuff with Coach Knight. So, uh, you know, you might see him uh, maybe start a game in the big group this week. So we'll see. Coach Cliff Gladwin there and uh, the big victory over Georgetown 11 to 2. Bubba, great uh, to have Coach is uh, obviously happy and we're happy. Uh, one of, by the way, uh, before I forget, uh, you did a nice job of putting it up there for us, um, asking Pirate fans what they think about the new uniforms we're unveiling tomorrow night with you, right, Bubba? Yeah, those uh, new powder purple, uh, as Clip Brock as well as Coach Godwin. Uh, dubbed them um, with the with the throwback uh, script pirates logo in deep purple across the chest, and then I believe the, uh, the skull and bones logo on the sleeve. Um, they'll be wearing the pirates will be wearing the uh, the hat with the white front panel with the skull and bones. Uh, it's something that uh, you know so often the reaction of fans to uniforms is something that's going to create a lot of passion and uh, responses. And um, it was not surprisingly uh, pretty polarizing. Some folks were talking about how much they loved them. And then some said to burn them. So uh, <laughs> not, no, not, 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 not surprising there. Uh, go ahead. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on them, Dave? I'll, uh, I was uh, going to put a picture up on the screen here in just a moment. No, at first, I'll tell you, I was, I'll be honest, when I first saw it, it was kind of shocking. Um, it was not what I was expecting when I heard about it. You, I know, I think you talked about it in our group text. Um, I wasn't, I guess I was expecting, I didn't know there was going to be, as you call it, the powder purple. Um, but the more I look at it, um, 
it's grown on me over the last uh, over the day um today being uh monday and uh tomorrow and ultimately you know all i care about is i want our pirates to win so whatever color they have on i know we were talking about purple and there can be other colors we will never see on, <laughs> on our pirates but ultimately i want to win if if those uniforms if they win a whole bunch of times um, then so be it. But as Coach Godwin would tell you, the uniforms is not the reason why we win or lose. No, definitely, of course not. And uh, that's something, uh, as we saw with football, with the uh, the dreaded all-white uh, uniform with the white helmets. Uh, and Pirate fans hated those because we always played awful in them. But, uh, you know, there you forward, go. If you have not seen the, quote, powder purple, there they are. And uh, that's the look that the Pirates will be wearing on Wednesday, excuse me, Tuesday evening against mm -hmm. uh, Queens at 6 o'clock. And then uh, Coach Godwin on his radio show uh, tonight in, inside Pirate Athletics uh, from Logan's Roadhouse there in Greenville um, with Brian Bailey. He said that if we play well in them, then uh, we're going to wear them on Saturday against Liberty. Sounds good to me. Hey, by the way, uh, Jr. put a good point. Jr. you're the man. Um, he says they remind me of the George Britta era, Kansas City Royals. You know what? You're exactly right, Johnny. Man, he's like this, one of the smartest guys in the room. It makes me sick. I'm just kidding. I love Jr. But he's exactly right. I, you know, you think about the pine tar moment, one of the most uh, memorable moments in the 80s with uh, MLB with Major League Baseball, him running out of the, <laughs> the dugout. And uh, you're right, Johnny. Man, I hadn't thought about that, but that's a great point. And um, you know what? Like Coach said, uh, hey, let's see how we do with them. But, uh, Bub, I know that you're excited, like you talked about earlier in the show, that you're going to be uh, seven miles from the ballpark. And I've been there. Atrium Health Ballpark is awesome. Um, Bub and I, um, he didn't partake in any beverages, but we were out in center field. Um, that was, uh, gosh, May of 2020 with all the heat of the early part of uh, COVID and all that. And um, we had a chance to check that out. It was great. What a great ballpark. And I know Bubba people, a lot of people like to walk around that ballpark. And uh, you and I had a chance to spend some time that day a few years ago, but um, I'm a nerd. I love ballparks and like you do Bubba. And it was uh, really great. And uh, by the way, I want to give a shout out to uh, Phil, the ref Pilkington. Uh, he's from that area, Bubba, and he'll be there with you tomorrow night. Yeah, it's kind of the uh, there's a revitalization project of downtown Kannapolis, uh, right? Going on, and um, as you saw there, uh, beautiful new ballpark, um, entering year three now. Um, I was able to attend the, the first game there. You know when uh, when Charlotte was taking on uh, App State in the I guess I want to say March, early March of uh, 2021, because as you mentioned, the 2020 season was supposed to be the first year, but because of COVID, there there was no baseball played there. But uh, it was it was cool to be there for first game in the ballpark, and uh, for obviously first first college game um, between the 49ers and Mountaineers. Yeah. And, uh, th that was when there was still a reduced capacity, uh, if you'll recall. Uh, yeah. Uh, the capacity of the ballpark is right around 5,000. 
or some, something like that. Uh, and I want to say there's about 1500 there. It's, uh, I want to, I think capacity is about 30%. <clears throat> yeah. You're, you're, you're spot on. And, uh, Anyway, uh, we want to make sure that uh, everybody comes out tomorrow. We've got a lot of great pirates in that area, and I know that we're playing um, <clears throat> at Truist Ballpark downtown Charlotte um, against the 49ers, so that'll be coming up. And I know one of my good friends, give him a shout-out, Tom Blue, he and I are going to uh, uh, some more Charlotte FC games uh, this year, the soccer team uh, there at Bank of America. He uh, he's excited. I wish I lived closer. I'd love to be there tomorrow night. And of course, we'll be talking about the Elon game. But glad that uh, you it's well deserved, Bubba, for you to have uh, some games close to you. As many trips as you make down east. Yeah, it's always nice when the, the Pirates have a series against the 49ers, or in this case, a, a midweek game against the 49ers down uh, in BB&T Ballpark in downtown, or an atrium health ballpark uh, as is the case tomorrow and then the game at elon on wednesday i uh, certainly intend on making that as well as uh, you know with this this weekend being spring break i hope to to get down the clark Leclerc for one or two of those games against liberty but okay. uh, but on youtube um norm have no yeah. fear, have no fear um <laughs> Appreciate you tuning in and a shout out to to Tom and Kelly Earnhardt. Appreciate love them support of the show and I appreciate them tuning in as always as uh, as they're frequently tuned in to the sports objective there in Bass, North Carolina. No doubt Tom is uh, and uh, Tom and Kelly are great. They were there in Birmingham and Tom is awesome and uh, he's so much he is so funny. I love Tom. And um, glad to have them part. Like you said, five years we've been doing the show as of last week, and we're going to do it as, as till our bosses fire us. So uh, we'll be here uh, hopefully for a long, long, long time. We're talking pirate baseball presented by Next Level Training Center, nextleveltc.com. Give them a call at 252-756-NEXT. Um, Trent and Gaynell Brett, they're so awesome. They look out for my son and daughter. Um, we got to get back um, – in the baseball mode now and softball mode will softball and baseball start Bubba at the end of the month. And um, in fact, softball will start in April and um, we have a tournament coming up on the 25th and 26th for baseball. Um, so that'll be coming up a uh, preseason tournament, if you will. Um, but we got to get ready for that. Next level training center helps us do that. Again, go to nextleveltc.com and you can go to there. Give them a call 252-756-NEXT. And I have to give a shout out for their social media, Bubba. They do an excellent job on their social media, uh, keeping you up to date on what's going on there at the center. And man, I'm, there's so many people that go, Bubba, if you want to do something and you find out they have a class or like some kind of um, th thing going on, then make sure that you call quickly or get involved, uh, get in touch with them, go by there because they sell out really fast. Yeah. Trent and Gaynell and that entire staff there at Next Level Training Center are always slammed and uh, super busy. So yeah. Before you, before you go by, you may want to call first, but uh, but also, yeah, well. also um, you know, one of our loyal viewers and listeners there in Bass, uh, the Pinehurst area, uh, 
appreciate Toby Frisbee. He's someone I had the opportunity to meet through Tom and Kelly. And uh, he's actually a, a Mizzou alum. Um, so appreciate Toby tuning into the show very frequently as well. And, and Susan uh, Frisbee, as I said, also. Yeah. And uh, so taking a, a quick look at this week's three opponents, um, five games that the Pirates will play this week, um, beginning with the Queens Royals at Atrium Health Ballpark, a game that will be broadcast on ESPN+. Plus. Um, so that was great to see. Um, Queens open the season uh, getting swept by App State. Five to two, five to two, and thirteen to five. Then they lost at South Carolina, twelve to nothing. They took two out of three against Fairleigh Dickinson. Um, They lost in a blowout uh, fashion at Davidson, sixteen to six. And then they lost two out of three to Tennessee Tech, winning the first game, thirteen to twelve, and then falling eight to six and thirteen to two. And that that series against Tennessee Tech was in Charlotte. Um, so, uh, then on Wednesday, the Pirates will travel to, uh, Latham Park there on the campus of Elon. Um, Elon is seven and five. Uh, they dropped two out of three to Kentucky, uh, a Wildcats team that features former Pirate shortstop and pitcher, Ryder Giles. Um, but they, they dropped two out of three to the Wildcats on opening weekend. Uh, then they, uh, won a midweek game against Gardner Webb. Took two out of three from Macfo Akron, and then uh, lost a pair of midweek games to UNCG, ten to five and four to one to Billy Godwin and the Spartans, and then swept Quinnipiac, uh, winning nine to eight in ten innings, fourteen to three and nine to two. Uh, so, uh, Coach Kennedy and the Elon Phoenix at seven and five thus far. And then uh, this weekend, uh, the Pirates will have Scott Jackson and the Liberty Flames coming to town. Um, you know, they opened the season getting swept down at Southern Miss. Very tough place to play. I want to say all three of those were close games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, uh, bear with me just a moment. We'll give you a little more information on, on Liberty and what they've done to date. No doubt. And uh, we want to see the Pirate. By the way, I want to give a shout out to Pirate Nation. Uh, it is so loud there at Clark Eclair and um, the attendance over 4,000 all three games again. So you have a weekend of uh, it would have to be in the 13,000 range uh, again. It was 4,700. I know Saturday, 4,000, over 4,000 um, there and on Friday night. So another huge weekend for the pirates uh, this weekend. And then of course this coming weekend with Liberty Bubba, it's going to be another pack, you know, house, make sure that you get your tickets and let's, uh, if you can't make the games, um, they give your tickets away to maybe some new fans that have never been, or maybe some of the old faithful who don't always get a chance to go. Maybe they're working two or three jobs, you know, or the military. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you were uh, one, one of those, uh, Buyers of season tickets, but unable to use them, definitely, as I'm sure most folks do, uh, try to unload them so we can put some folks in the seats. But um, as far as Liberty, um, two of those three games, as I mentioned, down in Hattiesburg were competitive, um, three to nothing and two to one. And then they lost the 
series finale, seven to two. They bounced back with a midweek win over Duke, uh, then took two out of three from Winthrop, uh, won a midweek game against Longwood, and then took two out of three uh, from Bryant. Uh, we, we know uh, what Bryant's capable of, um, but oh, yeah. they, they defeated um, Bryant 10 to three, 10 to three before losing the series finale, eight to two there in Lynchburg. No doubt about it. And uh, that's going to be, that's not an easy opponent. So coach Godwin's done a nice job as he does every year with uh, the strength of schedule and having five games, not easy, but uh, this prepares the team for what you're playing for the regional super regional in Omaha. And um, I'm, I'm ready for it. And I know with uh, Bubba with the, that ballpark and you said 5,000, do you have any idea of what the tickets are available for tomorrow night's game? Being two with uh, Queens, yeah, uh, I'm gonna be purchasing my tickets uh, tomorrow. But uh, did take a quick look online. It does seem like most of the the tickets from uh, from dugout to dugout, and you know, from just beyond each dugout, um, not all are sold, but uh, a high percentage of those have been sold. So I think it'll be a very respectable midweek crowd. Uh, uh, we, we shall see, but I, it won't surprise me. Yeah, and I, and I think I think back to uh, not only that App State Charlotte game, but I've also been to I want to say another college game there. I honestly, I'm trying to remember uh, which it was, but uh, this the area, um, you know, it's a little bit different. Not as much going on as Charlotte, obviously. So right. uh, the the locals, um, you know, more apt to to come out and support an event like that. And when it's been marketed, you know, the college series, they've been you know, hammering social media with it. Uh, on Good. Wednesday, on, after the Pirates and Queens square off tomorrow, you have Charlotte and UNC Wilmington on Wednesday at six o'clock, and then they and then a week or two ago they had a D three showcase there. And then uh, I want to say here in the next week or few, uh, they have a D2 game or two there. And then I know Davidson has played there in the past, a game or two, uh, maybe uh, both in the spring and fall seasons. So uh, I think with the Pirates having such a strong alumni base in Charlotte and Western North Carolina, that uh, obviously some, some Queens folks, but then also uh, the locals, it would not surprise me to see the ballpark half full or more than half full tomorrow night. Uh, we'll have some video, uh, probably a decent amount of video on our YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed. And uh, whenever we upload that, you'll be notified on your device if you're a subscriber and have clicked notifications off. No doubt about it. It's going to be a great game. And by the way, we have a, is that Sir Juan Schwartz? Um, <laughs> um, that was who I was giving the shout out to Toby and Susan Frisbee. And then he's asking, how are you guys feeling about our pitching staff thus far? Um, Hey, overall, I'm, I'm happy with the pitching staff. Um, you know, I, I think, um, people may be concerned about the, you know, maybe the Duke performance or whatever, but overall, um, seven and three out of the first 10 games, we look a lot stronger than we did last year and we made it, we we're very close to Omaha. So this team is really deep 
it's loaded. They're together. I think um, just watching them, they seem to be very focused, very driven, hungry, all that kind of thing. So I think, Bubba, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, feel good about where, where we are. I mean, you're going to lose some baseball games. I mean, you look at the best seasons in our history. Um, we still, you know, still lost anywhere from like 13 to right around 20 ball games. So I mean, you're going to lose some games. That's just the nature of baseball. And um, the biggest thing is um, we uh, just want to, to um, as Cliff Godwin would say, be the best version of ourselves we can be. And if we we be where our feet are, you know, all those uh, Godwin cliches. One, one percent better. Yeah, one percent better. And those are cliches for a reason. I mean, that's what you know. You hear people all the time say, "Well, and not to sound cliche, well, I mean, those those cliches exist because they're true." Uh, so hopefully, um, hopefully, we'll come out, take care of business tomorrow as we should against Queens. Um, I, I know I went ran through their some of the results, didn't give all those scores. But they have absolutely uh, been giving up a ton of runs. Uh, I want to say that they're allowing at least like 10 or 11 runs, if not more, per ball game. So uh, we need to come out, do what we did against Indiana. Uh, Mm -hmm. Queens is not the caliber of opponent of Indiana, but if we don't play the way we can play, we're we're certainly uh, at risk of getting beat. Uh, Need to come out and uh, really – Put on the gas early and get a nice lead, and then be able to Johnny Holstaff it if that's what we choose to do. Yeah, uh, I know Garrett Saylor will be getting the ball. I mean, Garrett, he had battled some sickness, had lost ten or fifteen pounds, hadn't pitched his best. Uh, he'd been working with pitching coach Austin Knight to fine tune some things uh, with his mechanics and so forth. And uh, hopefully, Garrett will come out and have a quality start, you know, give, give us three or four innings, whatever the whatever they're looking for from uh, Garrett tomorrow. Uh, that's one of the things. He's a, he's a Western North Carolina kid from the Winston-Salem area, Reagan High School. And uh, his, his uh, half-brother, uh, Josh McGee, is the head football coach there at Reagan. And I'm uh, very excited to see, uh, I'm sure, Sailor family and uh, a lot of uh, Garrett's buddies and uh, friends and family from high school uh, will be there. I know uh, I'm pretty sure Betty Burleson, uh, the mother oh, of yeah. Alec Burleson uh, of the St. Yeah. Louis Cardinals, uh, will be in attendance. And then obviously Lane Hoover's from Lincoln County. And uh, we have other ties in this part of the state. So, so it'll be a strong contingent. Uh, and, I definitely expect uh, several hundred pirates to be there. We and we'll see exactly how many we have. No doubt. By the way, uh, give a shout out from John and Cindy. And um, question about the jungle: Is the jungle doing their jobs? This is the question. And another question was: How's the jungle doing? I I think uh, that the Carolina game, for example, is was definitely willed by the jungle and by the pirate fans and. Overall, um, the fans have been showing up. I don't know where we rank nationally, but it has to be. Uh, I would I would argue it's got to be at the top twenty five nationally. I don't know Probably. that, Bubba, but you're the numbers guy. 
yeah, based on history, um, you know, I guarantee you it's in the top 15 or 20. And uh, to date, we've drawn better than we have in the past. So it's very possible that we may have you know, crept up toward the, that top 10 in the attendance rankings. Um, I'll see if we can uh, locate that before this week's show on, on Sunday night. Okay. But, uh, but, yeah, it, as far as, that, as far as that question, how the jungle is is uh, doing or performing to date, if you will, uh, I think it's been awesome. You know, Coach Godwin on his radio show tonight was saying, is, I mean, East Carolina fans are always excited about baseball, but this year before that opening series against George Washington, uh, things were even more uh, heightened and hyped up than usual. He said just driving around town. Uh, you know, it was it was very apparent that the Pirates about to play their first baseball game uh, with everything you saw going on uh, with uh, people wearing their Pirate baseball gear and uh, the tailgating, so on and so forth. Oh, yeah. And the good news is that when uh, as far as the jungle goes, I'll just say this. I think uh, they're doing a great job out there. I love those guys and the ladies out there. They're awesome. Number one. Number two. I, weather plays a part of it. People don't really get involved. Uh, some of the folks, not not the people who probably watch this show or listen to the show, we have a lot of hardcore fans, but there's some fans that they don't get into baseball until the weather is a little bit better. I mean, you couldn't argue with the weather this past weekend. Man, it was uh, nice overall. Um, but sometimes the February baseball is not uh, as conducive to getting people out as you want. Um, but overall... Um, Bubba, I, I think that's what the key is. You'll start to see more college uh, kids come out and more of um, more people will come out in the next month. Yeah, it's, it's only going to get better as the season goes on and the, the temperatures uh, get better and, and it's more consistently uh, warm. But uh, you couldn't have asked for much better weather on the, the first weekend of March. You know, compared to what we had uh, for the Keith LeClaire Classic, uh, hate hate that I was unable to to make it. We missed you, and uh, you know, the, the wall missed you. Behind. Hey, yeah. Bubba, that wall missed you behind home plate. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, I'll certainly I plan to see uh, I'll see my share of games this week, and then over the next two or three weeks, uh, with it being our spring break. And uh, definitely get to one, if not both of those uh, series uh, beginning this weekend with the Liberty Flames. And then I think the following weekend, um, it is Missouri State, a very proud program. It's been to, been to Super Regionals and, and won the, the Clark LeClaire um, before, I, I want to say, for the, the Keith LeClaire Classic. Yeah, and um, don't forget Wilmington's next week, uh, and William and Mary will be Wilmington's at um, away, and then you have William and Mary Wednesday, and then like you said, uh, Missouri State. So it's going to be great. And um, question about the pitch clock and how they're forcing it. Pitch clock is it is what it is. I don't think it's been. I was concerned about it, Bubba. I don't want to dwell on it because we're rep- running out of time. Um, but for me personally, I don't think it's been as big as a deal as I thought it was going to be. And I hope that I can keep saying that 
But, you know, as the coach from Georgetown, Edwin Thompson said on our show, when I asked him about it towards the end of our interview, he was talking about, well, we had it last year. And it's a great point. We had it last year. And I don't think it's made a difference in the, the any of our games. So to me, it's been a non-factor. How about you, Bubba? I agree. Uh, Coach Godwin, he was asked by Brian Bailey about that on Inside Pirate Athletics, Inside ECU Athletics uh, on Monday night at Logan's. And uh, Coach just said that he was very pleased with the way our pitching staff's handling it. It's you know, they're accustomed to working quickly and uh, efficiently anyway um, because they want to keep the defense on right. its toes and uh, you know, not on not on their heels because they're taking a long time to deliver pitches. So it's really not that much of an issue. Uh, I do know that in a spring training game I saw on social media, it was a game that I think – The Braves and the Red Sox, right? It's gonna, I, I believe that's right. Uh, because uh, it, was, it was Clip Brock of Pirate Radio was talking about it, and Clip's a big Braves fan as well. Oh, yeah. So uh, that, that probably is right. But uh, I think the game was going to end in a tie anyway. But uh, the game did not end, I say anyway, the game was going to end in a tie. They weren't going to play on uh, due to it being spring training. But uh, it was just ridiculous to see a pitch cop uh, violation there that uh, would have cost a team a game. And uh, I know the Braves manager was talking about it after the game, just saying that I don't think – he said, I know this is not the intent of this rule, so it's going to be interesting to see how it's applied moving forward. Yeah. It, I'll say this and we'll move on because, again – we're a little bit over an hour now. We want to get out of here because after 11 Eastern, but when we're doing the show live, but the fact of the matter is Bubba with uh, people want the game, you know, they, they said they want the game shorter, right? Okay. If you're watching baseball, most likely, you know, there's sometimes what is ridiculous with how long people take the pitch. I agree with that, but to try to come up with a gimmick to make the game more attractive, I, I think what it comes down to and I promise we'll move on is major league baseball does a horrible job of promoting its stars. And that's the issue. The game itself, they are improving the time, you know, where they're not spending an hour on, you know, taking an hour per pitch or I'm being uh, obviously sarcastic, but it's just one of those things where uh, with a pitch clock, I hope that that it's not like a, a big game to decide who's going to be in the playoffs and not in the playoffs or a playoff game. Um, when you have the divisional rounds or how about if it's a play in game, uh, one of those wild card games to decide something like that, unfortunately is going to happen for them to fix the rule. But anyway, uh, let's move on. I know you want to talk about softball, really proud of Shane Winkler, uh, the great job he's doing. I know you did an excellent job with uh, sitting down with him with a one-on-one uh, preseason interview with him and and Bubba uh, again really proud of him taking over the program and the Lady Pirates the softball team they are really buying in and playing for him yes yeah, shout out to them for their 16 and 5 start um, they've done a good job of taking care of business against the teams that um, they seemingly should beat um, from the outside looking in obviously they want to to uh, 
do everything they can to win every game they play. But uh, 16 and five start, um, I'd say at least four out of their five losses came to teams that are right now better than us. I'm just being honest. I mean, right. The, the Virginia Tech Hokies, who were a super regional team and a game away from Oklahoma City a season ago. And one, one of those two losses uh, against the Hokies was fairly competitive, and the other was not uh, a five inning loss. And then uh, this weekend, the Pirates went three and two, three one run victories, um, a couple against Monmouth, one against St. Joe's, and then a couple of uh, lopsided losses, or fairly lopsided losses, one in particular to the Maryland Terrapins. Maryland's 15 and four. Uh, they had defeated. Uh, at least two, maybe three ranked teams. They had beaten the Oregon yeah. Ducks, who were ranked 22nd, and also uh, they put a whip in. Uh, I want to say it was 11 to three or 11 to six on uh, number three Oklahoma State. So uh, very tall task against the Maryland Terrapins, and much like Virginia Tech, and, and I want to say lost five to nothing and 12 to two in those games. But uh, the Pirates, 16 and five uh, already. I want to say we won 20 or 21 a season ago, so we're not far from uh, matching, yeah. matching and surpassing our 2022 win total. Yeah, again, thank you, Shane. Thanks, Coach Winkler, for coming to East Carolina. Great job by the administration by hiring him. And, um, Bubba, I know that uh, with softball, I believe there's another um, – they have another weekend, don't they, coming up with um, – I know we had the, the – Yeah, taking a look – yeah, taking a look at this week's schedule, uh, you have the Purple and Gold Invitational. Right. Uh, that, that is uh, Saturday and Sunday. Pirates will play four games, uh, uh, two against UMass and two against Norfolk State. Um, Saturday at noon against UMass, 2.30 against Norfolk State, and then on Sunday, 12.30 against UMass, three against Norfolk State. Uh, all four of those games are available online. Uh, Saturday. Uh, both will be on ESPN Plus, and and then Sunday both will be available on ECUPirates.com. So um, de- definitely check out them, and hopefully we can uh, uh, take care of business in those and get to twenty and five on the season. And uh, I know we're you were talking softball, but let's give a shout out to Amanda Moore and the lacrosse coaches and the players. Uh, they're off to a six and one start, so I want to give them a shout out. I know they're doing very well. Proud of them, and um, maybe we can have her on the show here pretty soon. Uh, we try to get yeah. as many coaches on as we can. Yeah, very quickly. Um, they've been um, largely dominant in their victories. Um, they they started the season with a fifteen to five win over Radford. Then their only loss uh, came to Navy, who's a team that's receiving votes in the top twenty five polls. Um, the the Middies beat us fifteen to fourteen. Um, then we beat George Mason fourteen to two. Um, we beat Campbell twenty to eight. We won eleven to nine at Queens, eighteen to five at Furman, and fifteen to four at Walford. And they will return to action on Sunday when they will be in Elon taking on the Phoenix at one o'clock. Yep, and then uh, they'll have that one, and then so about a week. Uh, They'll have at Old Dominion, so in Norfolk. So all our folks that are in the Tidewater area, and uh, you can go over there and support our pirates, uh, no doubt about it. 
And Bub, I know we've got some great uh, content coming up, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, if you missed Absolute Empowerment tonight, uh, as always, Monday at 7 o'clock is when you can hear from former East Carolina strength and conditioning coach and strength uh, and conditioning Hall of Famer, Jeff Connor. Uh, coach Connor called up. Oh, Dave, you back coming? Hey there. Right. So, um, we're getting, I'm getting a ton of feedback on my end, but you know, Coach Connors caught up with Dr. Pat Ivey from the University of Louisville. He's an associate AG, former strength and conditioning coach, and now uh, he is, uh, like I said, an associate AG for student athletes. Yeah, and by the way, I want to, before we forget, Bub, I want to mention uh, uh, for our good friend, uh, she's been great to us for the last four seasons. How about, head coach of the Lady Pirates for uh, EC Women's Basketball, Kim McNeil, the American Coach of the Year, as you remember. Uh, they finished, um, I'm sorry, preseason. They were picked dead last. And I believe, are they second, Bubba? Although second or third in the conference off the top of my head. Um, but they have made a huge improvement here uh, this year and uh, really proud of um, what they've accomplished uh, with women's yeah. basketball. Yeah, so many awards. Um, Kim McNeil not only being named the, AAC Coach of the Year after being preseason dead last and, and finishing third, 29, third overall, yes. 29 overall record. Then you had Danae McNeil as one of the defensive player of the year in the conference. You had uh, Amayam, a.k.a. Maimai Joyner. Uh, she was the newcomer or rookie of the year in the conference, freshman of the year, yeah. uh, however the yeah. conference uh, has titled that. Uh, so uh, third, and she made third team um, all AAC, and I believe Danae McNeil didn't she make was it first or second team? I believe you're correct. I, I feel certain with the type of year, not only defensively but what she did scoring, uh, I feel certain that she uh, at the very least was second team, but probably first. So uh, it was um, you know, Kim McNeil and the ladies bringing home a lot of hardware uh, from the no from the league. And, uh, and hopefully we have a lot more basketball to play. And you take a look at it. Uh, they're, they are down in Texas. Um, at, I believe also the Dickies Arena uh, to, to play the, the conference tournament. Yes, that's correct. And the early, part of the, week, the early part of the week is a ladies tournament. Yep. And the end of the week is a men's. And, and the, uh, the, the number three seed Pirates um, will take on either number 11 Cincinnati or number six Tulane. I have not checked the, the result of that game today, but um, the Pirates will play either the Bearcats or the Green Wave on Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Uh, so uh, when I get home from Atrium Health Ballpark, uh, I'll be checking out the second half of the basketball game, hopefully as the, the Pirates will be preparing to advance to the semis. No doubt it's going to be great. Uh, good luck to not only Kim McNeil and the Lady Pirates, but also uh, Mike Schwartz and the men. Uh, it's going to be a great week down in Fort Worth there at Dickey's Arena. No doubt about it. Bubba, thank you so much, man. I know we got one more thing uh, before we go. The PGX Pitcher of the Week, pgxgloves.com Pitcher of the Week. Yeah, Josh Groves, uh, tremendous start for Josh against Georgetown. Uh, went five hitless innings. Uh, did not allow a run, 10 strikeouts, four walks, needed 99 pitches. Uh, 
So, um, like he mentioned in the post game, he he would have preferred for his command to be a little bit better, but can't argue with five uh, shutout hitless innings uh, as Josh Groves earned his first victory of the season, improving to uh, to one and zero. And congratulations to him for being our PGXGloves.com Pitcher of the Week. And, uh, and Dave, that's that's all I have. Is uh, by the way, ten, yeah, well, we'll go here. Ten strikeouts, and everybody gets a chicken leg if you take your ticket to KFC. So okay, uh, I, I, I did not realize that. So kind of, that's the baseball equivalent of uh, the free tacos, like when, yeah. when the Pirates hit seventy-five points in basketball. Yeah. So if you if you're like Bubba and you have four tickets, you get four chicken legs. So. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, we'll get out of here. Thank you so much for everybody. And uh, I want to give a shout out again to Next Level Training Center. And I want to say hello to Trent and Gaynell Britt. Thank you so much for the support of the program, nextleveltc.com. Give them a call, 252-756-NEXT. And our good friend, of course, Mark Manikazi. And we'll have him on soon. And that's pgxgloves.com. 25% off. Um, all you have to do is in the promo code, put ECU. And that promo code, and you're going to get your nice swag. They've got great batting gloves for the kids for baseball, football. Uh, certainly, if you're a golfer, they've got great golf gloves as well. All right. Uh, thank you, Bubba, very much, as always, for doing a great job behind the scenes to get things ready for the show. Until next time, I'm Dave Richmond, and you've been watching and listening to the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. Extra innings right here. Go Pirates. Hey, Pirate Nation, this is former East Carolina pitcher Davey Penny of the Keith LeClaire era, class of 2003. Keep it tuned to the sports objective as you follow our Diamond Bucks on the road to Omaha, because y'all know we're going. That concludes this week's edition of Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the sports objective. Join us next Sunday night as we will once again talk East Carolina Pirate Baseball. Be sure to follow the show on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to the show pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Go Pirates!